Well, hello. Today is a very, very exciting day as it is day one of the Brighten Up podcast, a podcast created to just serve as a support for family systems and their quest for mental well-being and mental health and relationships. My name is Donna Quo. I work as a psychiatric nurse practitioner. I enjoy helping people on their journey toward mental wellness and helping them to become the best version of themselves through education, encouraging healthy self-care strategies, and working with medication management when needed. And it is an absolute pleasure to be here today with two of my guests for our first Brighten Up podcast, which is focusing on high school senior girls discussing the impact of social media. And with us today, we have Miss Morgan Costalos, who is a senior at Carmel Mooney High School, expected to graduate in the spring of 2024. Her special interests include lacrosse, playing instruments, and anime. She has plans to attend Flagler College in St. Augustine, Florida next fall. And she sees herself living in Manhattan in five years. Thank you for being here today, Morgan. Of course. And we have uh, Miss Lindsay Quo, who also is a senior at Carnal Mooney Catholic High School. Her hobbies include lacrosse, working out, hanging out with friends, and shopping. She has not committed to a college as of yet, however, plans to study nursing once she decides. In the next five years, she plans to be working in a hospital somewhere, helping people, and work being proud of what she has accomplished and continuing her education to become a nurse anesthetist. So welcome, Lindsay. So happy to have you here. Thank you. Today, we're going to be discussing uh, with Morgan and Lindsay the impact of social media, specifically in the teen girl population. So we're going to be touching on various aspects of this. And Morgan, I'm going to start with you. To a lot of us parents, grandparents, I mean, social media is still pretty new and we're not all quite versed on how to navigate the different venues or apps. So can you touch on which social media apps you use and which ones do you like the most and which ones you like the least and why? So the social media apps I use the most definitely would be TikTok, Snapchat, Instagram, and Pinterest. My favorite is TikTok because I like to post a lot on it. And like many other people, I just like find myself scrolling through it for hours on end. And it's kind of addicting. The social media app I'd probably use the least or like the least is Snapchat because I feel like it's the same as like iMessages, except like when you text someone, it just goes away and you can't really like go back to see what they said. So that kind of like freaks me out. So... I can imagine that's got to be a little bit, where does it go? And are there ways to ever retrieve it? Or, ha- or do you have any examples of maybe how that's been an issue for some somebody that you've encountered or yeah. how that's worked against them? So 
on Snapchat, you can save. So if you text something or snap, I snap someone, you can save their snap in the chat. So like, if you want to go back and look at what they said, you can see it only if you saved it. But if you don't save it, it's pretty much gone forever unless you screenshot it. And then also, like, if you screenshot something on Snapchat, it will like notify the person that you're texting that they've screenshotted the chat. And if you like screen record or anything. And then also there's this thing on Snapchat called stories where like you can post any pictures or whatever and it will only be up there for like a few hours, I guess, or like a day and people can screenshot that and you'll be able to see who screenshotted it. So I feel like it's kind of just like an invasion of privacy because I feel like iMessages, like you can screenshot whatever you want and no one will know. But Snapchat, like you can't really do anything. So you have to be really secretive on the app. A lot of people do this thing called half swiping. So like on Snapchat, you can when you open their message, it will show you that they opened it or if they're like leaving you undelivered. Um, some people try to bypass this, but like they kind of swipe open halfway and read it just so they don't have to respond right away. Because if you open it, then you're pretty much like subjected to like automatically respond to whatever they said to you. And then if you don't want to respond, like a lot of people want to think about what they want to say before they like respond to you. Sure. So... Um, they'll half swipe it and then they'll give them time to think about it. Uh, like, and then if you use iMessages, it gives you plenty of time to respond and think about what you want to say next. Right, right. It's a little bit more, I guess, organized and, and thoughtful than mm-hmm. just on the fly having a response. And it's hard to monitor too for younger teen girls or preteen girls just starting out with social media, you know, and yeah. ensuring their safety and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lindsay, why, what is it about social media? We, every restaurant we go to, every, every venue, you know, the phone is, is a must-have accessory in pretty much every setting where we go now. Why do you think it has become so important in your generation, in today's culture? Because really, you are the first generation really rolling out with having this tool of social media. A lot of kids have grown up, as you said, with phones. We have it all on us all the time, whether it be kids, teens, or adults. We use it to communicate. For as long as I can remember, we've done our assignments online, we've turned them in online. And technology is just something we use in our everyday lives and it's evolving very quickly. I use it to text my friends, see what other people are doing. But I also think social media plays a big role in social status these days. It's not even what you have, but even the type of technology you're using can be compared. If I open a social media app, I can see what somebody's doing or something new they just got or if they're vacationing. And it kind of just portrays this perfect lifestyle for other people. And it gets really easy to compare yourself. It's almost like social media is needed, just technology in general in our everyday lives. Even if we want a map, to go find directions to somewhere or look at a menu, having to scan a QR code, and it just seems essential. Sure. It's really how we we navigate getting from one place to another, how we stay connected. It's a endless resource, like you said, to look up information. Definitely can see the benefit. Now, you mentioned even the type of appliance that you have. Do you notice that that's somewhat of a status, a certain status that somebody may have depending on the quality of the the phone or the device? Have you witnessed that? Definitely, because I see with younger girls especially, 
it can be hard for them to not have a phone because maybe their parents think they aren't ready and that kind of puts the girl in an uncomfortable position because they're like, oh, why does my friend have a phone and I don't? And it's just hard for a young girl to be exposed to so much that technology has to offer and it can just, it sets up a lot of comparison. Sure, a lot of comparison, which can really lead to a lot of self-doubt, I'm sure, and lend itself to people holding a pretty big bat to themselves that are, you know, working or using social media. Morgan, can you give us an example of, of an experience maybe that you've had or you've witnessed that has been something that's been disturbing to you surrounding social media or something that's upset you in some way? Yes, definitely. So I've been around this a lot because I've started using social media since I was like in middle school and it's becoming more popular nowadays. Um, Cancel culture. I've witnessed a lot of people getting their whole lives destroyed based off of a simple mistake. And it's really upsetting because like you could work your whole life for something that is really amazing and you tried really hard and that was your whole life dedicated to that. And then one simple little video or something you said taken out of context could just blow it all away. Your whole life's over. You can't get a job. You can't go to the school you want to go to. You can't play the sport you want to play. Everything's just taken away from you just because of a little mistake that you made. And don't get me wrong, like some, there's some things that shouldn't be said, like especially if you mean it to cause harm to others, like you should get reprimanded for that. But I don't feel like you should get your whole life taken away from you because let's say you go online, you make, you say something you shouldn't have said, but you didn't mean harm because of that. And now that video someone took a video of it that's going to circle around the internet forever because nothing is deleted on the internet nothing goes away it's always going to be on the internet and anyone can get access to it anytime and now whenever you try to go to a job or interview they're going to pull up your video they're going to look up everything about you and they're going to find that and they're going to be like nope sorry we're not going to accept you because of this video but you're going to be like i was like 10 years old when i said whatever i said and i'm stupid and i couldn't i can't go back and change that and now I'm 30 years old and I can't get a job because of what I said when I was 10 years old. And I just feel like because of this new culture that we have of just canceling anyone, it's just like... It's weaponized, it sounds like. Yeah. Your whole life is ruined like based off like a one-second video and your future, you have no future. You're not going to be able to make money. You won't be able to support yourself. And that's it for you. I've had to deal with this in middle school, not because of anything, I didn't say anything bad, but I got TikTok when I was in seventh grade. I was very politically aware and I kind of put myself out there regarding politics and I was very informed about it. Sure. And I would look up all these videos and I would see how people cancel other people. And I found this one creator, don't remember who it was, but they had over 200,000 followers on TikTok. And I commented something. I used to follow them and they posted something that I didn't agree with. So I commented like, I'm glad I unfollowed you. So then what this creator did was take my comment of me saying, I'm glad I unfollowed you and posted a video about that. So then all of her 200,000 followers came to my like small TikTok account and commented in all of my videos. So I had to take everything down. I was trying to fight back, but like I can't fight against 200,000 people. Of course. And I had to take down my whole account, delete all my videos and then had to make a whole new account and like just stay on the down low and ever since that I've been really careful like I didn't say anything bad I just said I'm glad I unfollowed you but like that just goes to show like 
if I say that and that's what happens to me, imagine what will happen to you if you say something else. Like you just have to be careful what you say, even if it's not bad, because people can take anything you say out of context and run with it. Absolutely. I, I agree that digital footprint, that all it takes is is a 10 second comment, even less a, sta- a picture or a photo taken in a in a situation maybe where you've had too much to drink or doing something maybe out of character that can just stick with you, like almost like a of permanence as you try to move through life and get an accomplished goal. So I think that's scary and new and definitely a great point, uh, how it can derail one's life so fast. With your story about TikTok, having that turned against you or how it can be weaponized to almost be ambushed by all of those followers, those 200,000 followers, potentially that were commenting or didn't agree with you. And then people often as well or can be a little bit more aggressive when they're you know, not face to face and say even be even more hurtful and say hurtful things, which can be devastating, especially at your age. It's such a young girl in seventh grade. That's your exposure to political conversation. It's nice to be able to kind of follow the news, but we should all be able to express our thoughts and opinions and and respected regardless of the venue. As a parent, I would not drop a 12-year-old off in a large metropolitan city and say, okay, figure it out, and uh, may have taken a a few years now having older children who are, you know, Lindsay, uh, who is almost done with college, is my, done with high school, is my daughter, but uh, realizing the enormity, which I don't think I quite realized when she was a seventh grader. So it's, it's been a learning process all around. Lindsay, we've touched on some of the concerns of social media and how it can backfire. Can you give us an example maybe of how it's enriched your life? As you know, I used to live in upstate New York and my sophomore year of high school, we had moved down to Florida because my dad got offered a job. And that was definitely scary for me leaving everything I knew since I was little, leaving those people, those places, and just adjusting to a whole new state. However, one of my very good friends, Paige, I've been able to stay in touch with and I think even form a closer bond due to social media because we've been able to really stay in touch whenever we wanted, whenever we want to. I do enjoy sometimes opening an app like Instagram or TikTok and getting to see, you know, what she's doing or just what an old friend is doing and seeing how they've grown or maybe some new experiences they're having. I also think another benefit is like tracking apps, Life360. It's easy for parents to know where their kids are and what they're doing just for safety. I also enjoy going on apps like Pinterest where I can look at new food recipes or clothing inspirations. For me, I think that there are positives to social media. For example, I like to look at, say, religious quotes or just uplifting quotes and sometimes post them on my story just to kind of make the atmosphere a little bit more bright. I think it's nice to be able to share good things, you know, having a little splash of positivity in all the comparison. And 
I think that's a good point, being able to share good things. I'll often read a quote that is inspiring to me or positive, and that gives me joy being able to share that knowledge or information out there with Facebook friends and things like that. I will admit, you know, oftentimes when I post pictures on social media, usually that's when we're having a 10 out of 10 type day. We're on vacation. The sun is blazing. Everyone's happy. That's a great part of life, but it's it's not realistic for everyday life. You know, so oftentimes I think sharing, you know, from my standpoint is how I use it. But but I do agree. It's I, I really do enjoy keeping up on friends, former friends and classmates and seeing how they're doing and thriving and how their families are doing. So it definitely does have its place. I completely agree. And I'm glad that that's been positive. Morgan, going back to talking about what you mentioned about the digital footprint and just being careful about one's reputation I think there's a quote, all it takes is one bad choice to really unravel one's reputation. What steps have you taken to protect your privacy and your virtual reputation? And are you comfortable as it stands right now with, if I were to look at your Instagram right now or Facebook, would you be comfortable having a future employer or college admissions counselor take a look at the photos that you have posted and what do you think is is an appropriate photo and what do you think is more unprofessional so to speak Mm -hmm. on instagram obviously like want to follow all of our friends we want to see what they're doing so we put our full names uh, most of the time on our accounts we want to find other people they want people to see how we're doing so on Instagram, I have my full name up on there for people to see. I say I have my, that I'm going to Flagler for lacrosse. I have what team I play for. And I have all my pictures of what I'm doing in my life. I think for picture-wise, I mean, it depends on how modest you are because, like, who doesn't like to post, like, a picture of them, like, going to the beach or something? Not, like, to show, not necessarily to show off, but, like, just to show they're having fun and they're getting the sun or whatever. And, like, if you're feeling pretty, then why not post something of yourself just in a respectful way. For me, I don't like to post anything that I, f- I find myself feeling uncomfortable in. So if I think, like, what, my, what, if, what if my dad saw what I posted, like, would I be comfortable see- letting him see that? So that's what I think when I post something. And also, like, my whole school is going to see what I'm posting. Anyone I know is going to see what I'm posting. I keep that in mind. But if a future employer saw that, I don't think they'd turn me away from a job just because I have a picture of myself in a bikini or something because... I'm just, it's not anything immodest or immoral. It just depends on what you're doing in the picture. But then on TikTok, I have like a small following because I post a lot of stuff about like anime and I make like funny content. I don't put my name on that at all because I have people that I don't even know following me and I don't want them to know my information. I don't want them to look me up on the internet because you can find anyone if you just try hard enough. I think... For my content on TikTok, I'd be fine if an employer saw it because it's nothing terrible. It's just anime and funny stuff. Sure. Um, but I always keep that in mind when I'm posting something. What if some? What if my future college coach saw this? Would I get kicked off the team for this? Is this appropriate? Just stuff like that that goes through my head when I'm thinking before posting something. Sure. I think that's really smart. I, I love this internal checklist that you have to use social media responsibly and have it work for you and pursue your interest, your anime interest and and have that creative outlet yet, 
you know, being mindful, like you said, of, of what would your dad say if he saw this picture and being happy to show off a beautiful day at the beach and in a bathing suit and enjoying the sun, like you said, is perfectly great. Sometimes I think people just starting out with social media, younger girls especially, I think need to remind them of that, of how would you feel, you know, at the Thanksgiving table if we took a look at your profile. And um, that's a super good point. One of the other things that I think a lot of kids maybe that are shy in high school or middle school that have a difficult time talking to people in person. I mean, they're using social media as a way to to meet new friends. Sometimes that does work out like in a special interest group that people may join, but other times it can be a little bit scary if somebody is not really, is portraying themselves as somebody that they not aren't truly, whether that's an age or, you know, what their intentions are. Definitely with whatever you post on Instagram, like your photos, like there's a difference between a 17-year-old posting a beach picture and a 12-year-old posting that. When I was in middle school, I never, I was too scared to post anything of me that was even the slightest bit revealing. And then I'd see like kids my own age posting bikini pictures and I'm like, wow, they're really cool. But then I look back at that and I'm like, that's kind of like sick almost, not for them, but like there's probably people looking at them that shouldn't be looking at them. And they probably do that for like the attention they want to be popular or something they want to get attention. They might be getting unwanted attention from people they don't even know on the internet. We need to realize that it, some people may call it like, uplifting to post a picture of yourself in a bikini. All these social media like stars telling young girls, getting in their head that they should feel proud of their body. They should post whatever they want. They should feel confident and pretty. But then maybe they meant to direct that at a 17-year-old, but these 12-year-olds are taking it into their heads and applying what a 17-year-old would be doing to their 12-year-old self. So I just feel like... It's, there's a difference between a 12-year-old and 17-year-old posting stuff. Sure. It, not really having the maturity as a 12-year-old or the emotional bandwidth, really, to manage all, all of that that comes with and, and the comparison and having that older perspective or more life experience perspective completely makes sense. Lindsay, a lot of teen girls, almost half actually, who post on social media have admitted to using digital touch-up apps. These touch-up apps have made it easy to kind of perfect your image even more so. Is that something that you have used or come across or have any experience with? I have definitely witnessed a lot of pressure surrounding social media with editing pictures. I myself have edited pictures before, whether that be to change the whole color of something or just tuning up my face, whitening my teeth, tuning my body a little bit. Not as of lately, but I have had social media like Morgan since middle school. It's been really tough for me to kind of learn the ropes and just navigate from right and wrong when there is just things being thrown at you from every angle. I actually have read some studies myself about how negative social media is on a teenager's mental health. With today's technology evolving so rapidly, these editing apps, I have witnessed my friends, they kind of just say after we take pictures like, oh, I'm just going to freshen this up or I'm just going to edit it a little bit. And it's kind of just really normalized and you're like, okay, but this 
just sets up a completely unrealistic expectation for what a real person is supposed to look like. Sometimes I'll even be looking at bikinis on models or gym pictures with somebody's gym progress and yes they look really good but I've also seen some comparisons posted where a woman is posed versus not posed and you can see a huge difference because for a young girl looking at a picture that's been edited she thinks to herself that's what I'm supposed to look like I'm supposed to be this skinny or my face is supposed to have this and it kind of just makes her look in the mirror and be like what am I missing how can I be better This is especially dangerous for preteens because I myself looking back, I noticed that during that time of puberty and trying to be comfortable in my own body, I was already experiencing so much change and just trying to be content with myself. But then also looking at all these other beautiful, unrealistic pictures, it's already hard enough and you don't need that extra expectation on an already fragile mind. somebody going through all of those changes that 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 encompasses bodily changes hormonal changes and and then seeing their peers that might be utilizing an app like this just with the perfect skin or body tone and or athletic type body that basically is just not true it, it's lying and it it's not even not only is it is it not great for the peers looking at it, but even the person that's actually doing it. We should all be embracing who we are to be healthy and happy. And, you know, outward appearances are, they're fleeting, you know, and, and I think it's, it's important to take care of yourself um, outwardly and, and physically and be attractive. But so much depth is found what's like inside a person too. And I feel like that can get a little bit lost when you're goo-goo-eyed at like this perfect looking person that's been touched up, so to speak. I completely agree with that. And like Morgan was saying earlier, if you think you look pretty in a picture, you feel confident, of course you should go ahead and post that. However, there was a time in my life around 14, 15, where I felt the need to edit my pictures because there was a lot of pressure there to look like everybody else and I wanted to look like everybody else. And it took me a long time to realize that social media is not real. It's not real life. There is so much to see and experience outside of our phones. And as a 17 year old, I do feel currently now that like I'm very happy with who I am on the inside and I'm confident in the person I am on the outside as well. But now I look at pictures and I, they're just completely natural and just capturing special moments. And I look back and I'm just a little sad for myself because there was no need to edit. And pictures are just memories and they're not meant to be edited. Just like before phones, you would have like Polaroid cameras and you'd snap the picture and they'd print out and that's how it was. There was no editing. And I look through like, mom, your scrapbooks and I see all these cute pictures of like you in college and just pure, you know, pure... Candid. Right, right. Candid Uncensored. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. It, it, it brings it little back, you know, kind of it's a good reminder that it's the people that you're with, the moment you're enjoying, the environment. That's the treasure for sure. Morgan, as far as the amount of time, not only preteens or teens, but even adults 
spend on social media. There was a recent study out a couple months ago that that said the average average amount of time is about four hours per day of being plugged in online, just scrolling through, and that's that's a pretty good chunk of time. I can imagine that would cut into your busy schedules with being high school students and having jobs and uh, playing lacrosse. So, what's the norm for you? How how much time do you spend a day? I definitely think I probably spend more than four hours a day because I feel like everything we do is online. Like like Lindsay said, our schoolwork, everything, homework is online. Our iPads are online. Pretty much all of our classwork we do is on the iPad. Impossible to get away from social media and just technology. I definitely spend a lot more than four hours during the weekends. Mm-hmm. During the week, I find myself every time I'm like free from school, I'm just on my phone scrolling, seeing what's up, texting my friends. With texting friends, it helps a little bit because when I'm at a passing period, I'm, I want to know what's up with my friends. Like, where are they? Maybe we can meet up. Like, it's a good form of communication. But it's just dangerous because I know a lot of other people use just technology and social media to, like, play games every chance they get. And I used to be a lot like that. Like, instead of texting my friends, I'd be playing video games every second I could get, just staring at a screen for hours on end. And I feel like that's a lot of younger teenagers like maybe preteens do that now and then it kind of sets them up for failure in the future because when I was in middle school all I did was like play video games and I just procrastinate and that kind of set me up for how I am now because I still find myself procrastinating a lot I stopped playing video games much but I found something else to focus all my time on instead whether it be like social media well social media now is probably what's for me regarding how much time I spent on an electronic. But now I find myself just trying to do anything but my homework or anything I need to do. I just occupy my time with anything other than what I actually have to be doing at the time being. Regarding how I feel with like communicating through social media during that time, I feel like things we perceive over text instead of like in person, Mm -hmm. like someone could say like in all lower cases, like if I respond to them in like a nice happy exclamated sentence and they respond back with like okay or like all lowercase sentence I'll perceive them like being mad at me I'll be like why are they mad at me like I didn't do anything to them but then I'll see them five minutes later in person they'll be all happy and I'm like sound mad at me a second ago so why are you all happy now and I feel like that happens a lot because people will get mad at each other over text Mm -hmm. but then in reality no one's the other person wasn't mad at them to, to begin with also like back to snapchat I don't use snapchat that often I might accidentally leave someone on red and then they'll be like, why'd you leave me on red? I don't feel like it's that big of a deal regarding text or communicating via social media because one minute you'll be a certain way over text and then you'll see someone in person and there'll be completely different attitude, different emotion, and you'll just be confused. So I feel like we shouldn't take things on social media the same way as how you communicate in person. Yes, 100%. I mean, there's... There's, you know, there's nonverbal communication, there's verbal communication, there's body language, there's so much that goes into, uh, you know, a true authentic communication. And I agree. I mean, it's, it's great to be able to say, hey, I'll meet you at Starbucks in 30 minutes, as opposed to having to go through the motion of picking up the phone and, you know, getting delayed and having to say that in person and get distracted. So, I mean, it definitely has its its benefits. Hey, I'm thinking of you. and But I think a lot of us have to be careful. I completely get what you're saying, you know, whether it's an email with, without a uh, acknowledgement, without a hello, but just a very straightforward, direct, that 
text or email or message of some, you know, message that is easy to really internalize is this person doesn't like me or they're mad at me or you accidentally left them on red on Snapchat. She hates me. What do you think about the like addiction of of social media sometimes as well? Like not even so much, I'll say TikTok, where maybe you have an interest in anime, you, you develop content. You know, have you ever found yourself lost in the moment of just scrolling down, looking at other people's content that maybe it's been two hours that seems like 10 minutes? Yeah, definitely. Like, when I'm doing my homework, I'll be like, I've done a lot. I accomplished a lot. I'll take a 10-minute break. And then I'll start scrolling. I'll look at it. And then I look at the clock. It's like three hours later, and I'm still scrolling. TikTok has these ads that will pop up like when you're scrolling. Like, oh, you've been scrolling for way too long. Maybe you want to go rest or do whatever you have to do. And then I'll just like scroll right past it and be like, oh, that doesn't matter. I'm just going to keep scrolling because it's fun and it's addicting, especially if it's something you're interested in because they put whatever videos that interest you on the For You page if it interests you, you're going to keep looking at it. Like, I can't find myself stopping, having the self-control to just stop at a video, especially if I'm interested in whatever it's showing me. And I feel like it's the same way for a lot of people. This it's, Time can pass so fast. Like, if you're having fun watching TikTok, you're just going to keep going through. Time's going to pass. You're not even going to realize. And, like, it's like, why do an hour of homework when it's going to feel like five hours when you could go on TikTok for three hours and it'll be, like, ten minutes? Right. It, it definitely taps into that reward system in the brain, you know, kind of feel good endorphin where you, you know, it's easy to do and, and rewarding and enjoyable. So I think we've all been there. How do you think sometimes I'll do that and then I'll say, wow, I, I could have done all this or I could have maybe called up a friend I've been meaning to call. I haven't spoken to in months or taken the dog for an extra walk or got an extra exercise. How do you think kind of this trend of maybe getting lost in an area of interest on TikTok for three hours, like how, how potentially do you think that could be affecting personal relationships or goals and things like that? So whenever I'm on social media and I'm scrolling through TikTok or watching YouTube or watching a movie or anything, like I'll, I'll see on my phone, I'll text from other people, but I'll just ignore them because I'm preoccupied with what I'm already doing. And my mom will be like, oh, go do the laundry. And I'll be like, yeah, I'll do it in 10 minutes. But then two hours go by, I haven't done anything. Um, I definitely feel like just constantly scrolling through whatever app you're using um, affects like your daily ability to just do tasks that are so simple but seem so hard because you're like, this is so easy. I'm sitting on my bed with my phone in my hand, just moving my thumb for hours, and it's giving me all this fun and pleasure why would I go up and ruin that to go do the laundry that'll take 10 minutes mm -hmm. it, like it seems so simple but it's not your brain tells yourself that it's so hard to do this task that's been assigned to you but in reality it's going to take 10 minutes out of your day just the perception of time um, between like daily activities and then social media is just deceiving almost yeah and I, I really admire, again, your ability to, to see that and acknowledge it. And, and I think it's an important reminder for all of us, you know, whatever speed bumps we can put in place to have a healthy balance of all of our areas of life, including TikTok. It could be beneficial and, and food for thought and, and people of all ages to take inventory in. I'm going to ask you as well, Morgan, like if, if you were to compare, say, maybe a lengthy text or 
a FaceTime with a friend versus maybe going out and, and meeting somewhere and spending four hours and having a conversation face-to-face. Is there any difference or do you prefer one over the other and why? Yes, there definitely is a difference. Like if you're going to text someone, like you're not seeing them, you don't see how their true emotions are. They could be really happy and texting a really blatant answer or response or they could be vice versa. Um, you, it's hard to tell their emotion and that kind of affects how you respond to them. But then I like FaceTime because... If it's laid out and you just want to talk to someone, but you don't want to, you want to see their face and see how they're actually, what they're doing. You want to see their emotions. I think it's a really good tool to use, but obviously nothing compares to that person in person contact face to face because you can interact with them like you're actually there, like because they're right in front of you. I was going to say something really goofy. Um, you can say it. Goofy's allowed. I was going to be like, you can touch them. You can actually feel them. Like, it's not like through a screen. Yes. Um, you can give them a hug. Hugs yeah. are, hugs are, indoor, are create feel-good neurotransmitters too. Exactly. Yeah. Like, we just, yeah. as humans, we need that face-to-face contact, like not just over screen. Like, I mean, I like FaceTime, but we need that in-person contact. Sure. And just that kind of sharing that experience of being in in the physical same place at the same time, whether that's shopping or at a fun restaurant or at the beach or something. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I'm actually going to ask you both this question as we, um, during the, the last segment here, Lindsay, what would you tell your younger 10 year old sister, your younger self about social media? If I could go back and tell myself one thing or one piece of advice for a younger girl, it would be to know your worth I think this is one of the most important things for a young girl to know from the start. Having the confidence to stand up for yourself and know what you deserve and knowing that you're enough plays a huge role in the direction of your life, I'd say. There's a lot of pressure and decisions that a girl is going to have to make, you know, as she gets older, and it's her job to just know her worth and say no, whether it be with friends, a boyfriend, or even just standing up for what she believes in because there's just so much contrast today with what goes and what doesn't or who's right and who's wrong and just being able to stand your ground and stand up for your beliefs and sticking to your morals I think is really important. And if I could go back and just hold my younger self's hand and just guide her and just tell her, you know, that everything was going to be okay because it's it's hard to know your worth. It's very hard, I think, when everything is just constantly changing around you and you don't know necessarily how you should act or feel. And it does take time to figure that out, but eventually everyone does get there. As a 17-year-old, I think it's it's our job to kind of guide you know, people like my little sister, younger girls, to show them because we are the ones that have had to get used to this social media. We've been the first generation who's grown up with it. So it's our job to really help those younger kids out and make sure they stay safe and just know how to healthily use social media. It's different, like you said, being the first generation 
And as a parent and, and the way I grew up, many people my age and, and parents of, of children your age grew up is is what really we were exposed to was more easily censored by parents. And we, we didn't have this whole worldview comparison right at our fingertips. Understanding it better as we've moved through can certainly see how that can, it can just get a little bit foggy as far as looking for that North Star, that shining light on top of a lighthouse, so to speak, where you ha- you're just in a sea of, of so many different things and so um, getting information from so many different ways and trying to navigate what is real and what isn't and, and what is, what do I believe and what I don't. And I really think that your generation as as 17-year-olds, I I give you a lot of credit. I think you're going to be one of the, really one of the best generations. You're so strong. You are the first generation to grow up with social media. You also survived a pandemic that put a big monkey wrench in your high school careers. And I think you are destined for success this class of 2024. So I think you should you should be really proud of that. Morgan, how about you? What would you tell your younger self or a younger girl about social media if you could go back? If I could tell my younger self anything, it would just be to stay your true authentic self on social media and in person because what you post on social media is going to reflect who you are as a person and how other people are going to perceive you. So you want to act the same way as you do in person and online because a lot of people try to pose a certain way or they edit their face, but then they go into school the next day and the people are like, that's not who you are. Like, why are you posting that? I feel like as a young, when I was younger, I definitely try to deceive how people would see me in person and online and try to create that fake persona of myself online. What gives you a sense of true self-worth? Probably just like not just realizing who I am as a person. Like I don't need to post this thing for this guy or for this person or anyone. I can just post what I want, what is healthy to post, what is okay to post. But I don't care what anyone else thinks about me. You just got to stay true to yourself. You have to post what you think is okay, but also look around and see what other people are saying. What's popular is not always right. And what's right is not always popular. That's one of my dad's favorite sayings. And it's it's really true. You have to go through life, start college, just really grounded in, in what you believe and, and solid in the ground so that you're pretty much un, unwavering. You're not moving with the wind, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So... What accomplishments have you had in your life that you're most proud of that that really give you that true self-worth as opposed to maybe a great picture or a great outfit, which are important and they they should give us self-worth? So my two greatest accomplishments would definitely, one being my commitment to play a collegiate level lacrosse. But then also I've been going to the March for Life in D.C. for a couple of years now. I'm pro-life but I've never, I've always been scared of telling my friends, especially coming from Connecticut. Most people there don't agree what you're going to agree with. And I had to keep quiet about that. There was one instance of me where I told one of my friends and then she told someone else and someone actually made an Instagram account exposing pro-life people at my school. And my face was put up on there. I've been scared ever since that to like give my opinion about anything, whether it be politics or my personal choice for the right to life for a unborn child 
well, last year I decided to step up and be the, a co-president for the Students for Life Club at our school. I feel like just being able to step up and just not be not care what anybody thinks about my opinion of that anymore, that gives me my true self-worth because once you have that ability to just be who you are and not hide things from other people, I feel like that's how you get your self-worth. And like the committing to college is great, but so have many other people. And I just feel like to be able to share what you've been scared of sharing for your whole life because of a certain incident is definitely my greatest accomplishment. And now I can take that to a higher level and just be open about that and help other people realize that as well. Sure. You've, you've developed resilience and, and it's just going to really lift you higher and higher, you know, just a, a springboard toward many, many more greater things. That's a great example. Lindsay, how about you in, in conclusion? What truly, you know, um, non-appearance wise has, has given you a sense of, of self-worth? My two biggest things would be helping others and also expressing my relationship with God. The other thing I'd like to touch on is in this culture, it can be very hard to follow your morals because it seems like everything is so normalized. Oh, let's go have a drink or you want to smoke or you want to do this. If you just keep hearing these things, you're like, oh, it's okay. And although I go to a Catholic school, I'm sure Morgan would agree, there are not a lot of kids who are truly dedicated to God. And for me, God is where I draw the line. He is where my morals are really just concrete. Sure, I can wipe off somebody else's opinion or advice, but God is really what keeps me in check. And recently I attended World Youth Day in Portugal and that was something this past summer. I attended World Youth Day in Portugal and that really opened my eyes. And just seeing so many kids my age expressing their faith and just sharing their love for God really inspired me to continue to be proud of my faith. And even in school, there are sessions when we'll stay for confession and I watch 90% of the school leave and I'll tell anybody I talk to, friends or not, hey, let's stay for confession. Or talking to somebody and just expressing how important God is to me and just trying to spread the faith and influence others to see that as well. And with helping others... As I said, I want to go to school for nursing. I think that's something I've enjoyed since I was little. I've gotten a lot of confidence and satisfaction out of doing for others. Not to necessarily say I'd get good karma out of it, but just to be able to uplift somebody else and know that I was able to make a difference in their lives, which I've put in a lot of effort to. I've done a lot of community service and just doing things, even if I don't want to do them, knowing that it'll come out better for that person in the end. And I, I am hearing a common theme between you, Morgan and Lindsay, that true self-worth comes from being true to yourself, being your authentic self, being your real self. That's what really gives you that solid feeling that you are, are proud of who you are and, and listening to that inner guidance and that inner voice and being your unapologetically who you really are, respectfully. That is really, really great advice. As I've heard before, you have a cup of coffee and you put skim milk in it, it makes it kind of muddy. If you put cream in it, cream rises to the top. 
and and I think you two girls are are the cream in the coffee, truly so. So Morgan Castalos and Lindsay Quo, I'd like to thank you both very, very much for coming in today for Brighten Up's first podcast, a podcast created to benefit families on their quest for mental health and wellness. And I hope you come back and uh, see us again real soon. Best of luck in your endeavors and take care. Thank Thank you you for having having us. us.